This is Founders Talk. I'm your host, Adam Stachowiak. This show is all about awesome, in-depth, one-on-one conversations with founders. This is episode number 40, recorded December 4th, 2012. And today's guest, back for his finale, is Sam Sofas. Enjoy the show. Well, we're back. This is uh, this is a part three, Sam. Part three. I'm honored. O- only part three so far, so it's, it's great. Yeah, I'd, I've never done a part three on this show before. Uh, I've never done a part three show of anything, actually. So that's a first of firsts. <laughs> so it's an honor. It is a it's an honor. I'm actually excited to have you back on the show because I think um, a lot of people. Um, look up to you, uh, both your courage to do what you've done, to start your own company, and just in general, they're they're fans of Sam. That's what I like to say. You know, <laughs> they, they want to see you succeed, and you got a lot of fans out there that really want to see you do some awesome stuff. They enjoy the stuff you've built, and for those who are listening that are catching up, if you this is the first of Sam's show you've listened to, uh, you should probably push pause or just stop or whichever makes the most sense. And go find part one and part two and listen to those and then come back and listen to this and and pick up where we're about to, to leave off. So um, so part one, Sam, was pretty much your history. And uh, part two was pretty much product focus. We talked about cheddar a lot. We talked about nothing magical. Um, I can't recall all the nuances we talked about, but that's the the gist. And I guess just for lack of those who may not know who you are, who who exactly are you? Um, God, that's a that's a deep question. It's uh, changed, right? It's changed a lot. Uh, no pun intended. Well, I guess um, primarily uh, engineer, designer. Um, I worked on a lot of different stuff. So, I don't know. I made this product called Cheddar. And, uh, yeah, some other stuff. <laughs> I mean, like, some listen to one stuff. and two. There's, there's a lot. Yeah, listen to one and two. <laughs> That's that's your intro. You got like uh, two and a half, two hours of intro, basically two yeah, shows. It's good. I mean, like more than you'd want to know about me. It's it's there. So yeah, and some personal stuff, and we'll probably get into some personal stuff in in this show as as well. So you know, recently, November thirteenth, not not long ago, so early last month, you um have posted this latest blog post which i guess is is essentially like a, a bullet point list of things we can talk about we're not going to dive into each and every one of these and and just basically dissect this post but they they certainly provide a guideline for this conversation we can have and uh, i like the way you open that post up where you say my work history is pretty hilarious and i thought that was pretty much the case when we've talked in part one and part two where it if you were in any other industry and you looked at your resume you'd be like What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> right? It's pretty funny. Like, friends here, like, don't understand. Like, you haven't had a job for more than a year? I was like, well, I had one for like a year and two months. So, like, I don't understand. You know? But, I don't know. If you think about it, like, the iPad came out, like, what, like three years ago? Four years ago? Yeah. Like, things changed pretty quickly. You know, the iPhone wasn't even out five years ago. Um that's so, an entire new e- economy based on that thing that wasn't there and ways of life, new types of businesses. Yeah. <laughs> new studios that are totally focused on iPad-only applications or iPad-only design studios, you know? Yeah, it's insane how quickly things change. So I think, you know, if I was still – I mean, if I did a normal thing, I would have gone to college and graduated, like, 
a year ago and still be at my first job and like I'd be a junior engineer not doing anything useful versus like changing jobs every like a lot it's it's been great because I've had a lot of different experiences like things that I wouldn't have done otherwise I mean the same with contract work you know just doing all these different projects is interesting and really great you know, I have this saying that I lean on that was actually um, sang by. Uh, I'm going to look up the the song while you're while you're responding. But uh, in this song, he basically says, "My scars are who I am," and it talks about his path in life. So you've had a kind of a unique path in this work history, and you just said that if you had gone to to university or to college, that you would have graduated last year, and you'd probably still be a a wet behind the years engineer too. So yep. what do you say about your path when somebody asks you about, about what you've learned on your path? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask, should I go to college? Because, like, I didn't, and I make that pretty well known. And it's like, well, I mean, if you're – I mean, we talked about this a lot before, I guess. But it's like if you're doing computer science, like, you don't necessarily have to. And, like, not going to college, I think I learned way more than I if I had just from, like, you know – learning like professionalism and like, you know, the different things of like having jobs and like how silly HR is and like, you know, all this stuff that you don't, you don't learn. And I don't know. I'm really happy with the places I work, even the places I work that in hindsight I didn't like, but, or I guess at the time I didn't like, but in, in hindsight, I'm, you know, glad I had those experiences. Um, yeah. I mean, regretting your past constantly doesn't really, do anything for you like it's already done like learn from it move on uh and for those who happen to be curious about the song i was talking about the the artist's name is nathan lee and the song is you're not alone it's a it's a pretty deep song so if you (laughs) listen to it uh it's it's not a love song but it's a love song in some sort of way that's all i'm gonna say about that (laughs) you know um we you and i are on the same page when it comes to the education thing because not so much education i guess going to school right i i didn't go to university or college either i i went into the military when i was 18 uh served the country got out was an idiot drank too much did stupid things um and i guess i after saying the next thing i'm gonna say after i say did stupid things i got married Uh, at a very young age, far younger than I probably should have. Um, but something beautiful came from that. I have a, an awesome daughter. She's, she's going to be nine years old this January. So, I mean, uh, one of the best parts of my life is from some of the stupidest things you do. So great things can come from and do come from times in your life when you're just an idiot, you know, and you're just kind of bouncing around. But at the same time, you know, I'm a product manager at Pure Charity. I've done a lot of cool stuff in, in the web industry. And, you know, like you, I've got some battle scars, but I didn't go to school either. And had I gone to school and, you know, maybe I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I had or met the people I met or have the same outlook I have on this chaotic, uncertain industry that we, we work in where where it's okay to bounce around like we do. Yeah. So... Well, I was just—it's funny because I'm sitting down to write this post trying to like announce all this stuff, and like every time I have a post like with this like kind of title, I have like one of my friends like we were roommates in like 2008 or something, um, 
every time he's like, like laughs at me, like, you know, like, oh, he's changing jobs again, you know, or like, at one point, he and another friend were like had a running bet on how long I would be at a, like a, a job. So <laughs> it's like, well, nice. you know, like it's funny. I don't care anymore. Like, you know, yes, I'm changing jobs. Don't worry about it. That's fine. That's no problem with that. So let's let's talk about change then. Um, so we dove into your history in part one. We talked deeply about nothing magical and your product cheddar in part two. Um, but things have in fact changed. So <laughs> you've got nothing magical still there. You've got cheddar still out there, but what's, what's come of, of your life recently? So I no longer do nothing magical full time, which is a big change. Um, I have a real job again and, um, I live in Kentucky now, not in San Francisco and I'm also engaged. So Lots of big stuff. That's like the the bullet points, I guess, of all the all the changes. That is all the bullet points. And when you were on the show last time, you were talking about how you had an ideal apartment you wanted to rent and how much it might be or might not be. And that was in San Francisco. And I believe you even said that you would never leave or you would never desire to leave San Francisco. Indeed. I definitely said that. But But you did leave I, San Francisco. I am sitting in cold, rainy Kentucky right now, so... It's it's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I so I moved, I guess, shortly after we talked last in San Francisco to just a cheaper apartment. Um, it wasn't – I was, like, saying I wanted to get a studio because I didn't, like, have any stuff, and it was awesome. Um, but now but, – but then I got, a, like, a one-bedroom apartment instead of a, a studio and was, like, really happy with it, started to, like, get stuff again. Um and then kind of after I got settled and, like, just got a bunch of stuff again after not having anything, um, moved to Louisville. So then kind, you, of, kind of funny. And you moved all your stuff. I did, and it was really painful and expensive. So. Yeah, it would have been a lot easier if you just kept not having stuff, right? I, I know. I was like, as I was packing all of it, it's like, I haven't even used this yet. Like, I just got it. Like, it's ridiculous. still in the box. Yeah, it's I'll, I'll just not open it. I'll, I'll open it in Louisville. <laughs> That's crazy. So let's let's rewind and talk about what happened at Nothing Magical. There's uh, some key events I want to kind of key in on there. Um, you ran out of money. You had a an opportunity to take on a, a co-founder that didn't quite happen. And I think the running out of the money part. Which which came first? Was it the being turned down, or was it the running out of the money part first? Which was, which came first? It's kind of kind of all the same. I mean. I had the summer before, or two summers before, summer before, I don't know, the summer before, yes, okay, whatever. I had I worked for Hipstamatic before I was an employee there, like, as contract, and they were paying a lot, um, I, I, an absurd amount. So, I just had, like, I don't know, a lot in savings, like 50, 60 grand or something, and I put it all in Apple stock, which turned out to be a really great investment, um... So I was just like living on my Apple stock when I left Hipstamatic. And I was like, I got this. I have a huge runway. Like I can make it to the end of the year. No problem. I'll be way profitable before then. You know, like little cocky. And then got into it a couple months in. I didn't really like change how I was living. I mean, I sold all my stuff. But I still like definitely wasn't living as lean as I could have. And my apartment was like 3200 a month. Which is absurd. I mean, San Francisco is expensive. Um, 
but it was a really nice apartment, even in San Francisco. So, like, my, my burn was just a lot. So I was going through a lot each month and got down to, I guess, um, what month? September? I don't know. Um, it was like, okay, this is a problem. I'm going to run out of money. Um, like, I need to get a new apartment, and I don't know if I can afford a deposit on a new one. Like, this is going to be... This is going to be interesting. So I was thinking about like maybe I'll raise some money so I can keep doing nothing magical and went in and got my, so nothing magical was like a Delaware incorporation. Um, you know, I was like getting a bank account set up at Silicon Valley bank, even though I'd never finished that cause that's a lot of work. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it. I just started talking to people like different investors or friends that were angels or, or whatever. And I was like, yeah, you know, kind of like, here's what I made. It's like, it does pretty well, but I don't want to make productivity apps. I want to make something else. Because like, Cheddar's fun, and I like making it because it's a product. But I don't, I don't enjoy to-do apps. Like, I don't think anyone really gets excited about to-do lists. Can, I mean, we, can we camp out there for a second then? So if you don't like to-do apps, why would you base... Your entire burn rate, your run rate, and all that stuff on that one. I mean, I know you had other ideas, obviously, but that was the one you were devoting all of your time to. Yeah, I mean, when I let, when I was leaving Hipsomatic, I decided to leave. And there's actually, the last time we didn't talk about this, there was a huge, I think it's Inc. Magazine, Inc.com, I think, did a big story on, like, Hipsomatic and everything that happened in, like, the story behind me leaving and all of it. It was it's pretty funny. Anyway. Um, wow. And we can talk about that if you You're want. You're famous, huh? Well, it was like, um, I'd been in Inc. before once because I was like complaining at some guy and they like quoted <laughs> my tweet of like me like complaining at this guy. And I was like, yeah, like I'm in this magazine for complaining on Twitter. Like this is awesome. And uh, I wasn't like quote, I wasn't like named, but it was like, that's my tweet. Um, and then it was like a huge thing on, it was a three part like super long article on just like hipstamatic and you know like the reaction to Instagram getting purchased and you know they recently laid everyone off like all of their engineers designers office manager like everyone except the founders basically and just like the story behind all of that so anyway i guess if you're interested you can go read the article it's super long but That's, um, that was published that was published recently the ink, um, ink I think like a post. month ago two months yeah. ago something like that Anyway, so right after I left Hipstamatic, I decided to leave and didn't really have a plan. I was just like, I'm leaving. Um, so, Well, for those who aren't following the timeline, I know some have listened to one and two. Can you just roughly paint when you, like, what month, what year was it that you left Hipstamatic? April of this year, I think. Okay, so this is still 2012 then that you've yep. done these. Uh, see, I'm still catching up even. Yeah, it's, it all moves pretty quick, so. It does move pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, so April... Um, I left Hipsomatic and didn't really know what I was going to do and just kind of like sat down at home. And this is still when I had a bunch of stuff and was like, well, I guess I could work on Cheddar because I had done it like a year ago. I had started on it like a year ago and had like a bunch of beta testers and Gruber was one of them, which was pretty cool. He didn't really use it, but he signed up, which was... Was it because he was Markdown was in there? Is that why? No, Markdown wasn't added until like right before I launched the second time. I'm um, just throwing some jokes, funny. but that's good. Oh, well... <laughs> Sorry. 
Uh, <laughs> this is harder. Like that we're not in person. We should we should totally uh, do one in person sometime. It'd be fun. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So anyway, I, like, well, you know what? I'll work on Shutter because I, I already have it. I'll knock it out in like a couple weeks. And I had just done. I just used Stripe for the first time in another project and was like completely blown away. So I was like, you know, I'll just put it up online, charge a couple bucks for it, and then go to the next thing. I like. Thinking I can just like do it, leave it, it'll be sustainable, and like go to the next project. And like I don't know what that is yet, but like whatever, I'm just gonna do cheddar and move, go from there. And it turns out it took three months to finish it, and like in, in that time I like sold all my stuff, and like we, we've kind of like been through that. Um, but anyway, when I was at the time, it was just like, well, I just need to make something, and I need to make money, and I've started on this, and kind of know what I want it to do, so. That's what I'm going to do. And it was just like a, a couple second, I mean like a, a minute of me sitting on the couch in silence like, all right, done. That's what I'm doing. And I mean that's kind of how I make decisions. I, I do things pretty quickly. Yeah, so. You seem a little whimsical when it comes to that. Not, and I don't know if whimsical is a real negative word to use in that instance, but it seems like um, not so much that you're, you change with the wind, but that it doesn't take much to, to um, persuade you to go a direction. I mean, I'll kind of just subjectively weigh the, you know, pros and cons of something and then just like, okay, done. I, I, I'm not like, well, let me think on it for a couple of days. It's just like, okay, I mean, right now I'm convinced that this is the right thing, so that's what I'm going to do. And then I, I mean, occasionally I'll like revisit a decision, but um, I mean, for most things I'm usually pretty like, okay, like this is right. fine, done. So I don't know. So it's April, you quit Hipstomatic, you started Nothing Magical. Your first product was cheddar. You hate to do apps. <laughs> I mean, you don't, I don't have a ton of money to burn, but you're you're burning through it because you have a decent chunk going to, you know, your rent uh, alone. Yep. And then other bootstrapping costs like incorporating and lawyer fees and uh, whatever else comes into play. And we've we've heard quite a bit of that. But then you ran out of money. You ran out of money. Was it a surprise? That's that's my biggest question mark. Was was it really a surprise, or, or were you expecting it, and you were just kind of, like, dreading it? Well, at first, I, like, I was really stressed about it. Sold all my stuff, took a couple contract jobs, and was, like, to, like, supplement my income. I was, like, okay, I need to, like, be as lean as possible. And then, I think a month or so in, I was, like, well, I guess I can go to Tahoe this weekend, or, like, I guess I can do this, or it's, like, because I'm looking at my, my balance, my bank account, and I'm, like, I have so much money. Like, this is great. I can... This isn't, isn't as much stress as I thought it was, you know. And then as I it got a couple more months later, it was like, okay, this is a problem. I need to either like do some contract work or find a job. But I'm definitely like, I don't have much time left. So right around that time, I was like thinking about investment and started going on that route. And investors didn't like that. Because I was like, yeah, I don't want to make any more productivity apps. And they're like, well, that's, you know, like lightning doesn't always strike. Because it's usually like older guys, you know, like lightning doesn't strike twice, you know, like you need to do that. Because it's very like older by the book, playing it safe, you know. And it's like, well, yes, but Cheddar was just more of like, look, I can make something that makes money by myself really quickly. So like. It was a test. Yeah, like, give me some money and I'll make something for real. This is just like a, this is child's play. It's a to-do app. Like that's the whole world of like any web framework. I think you know. uh um I think it was actually um 
David Hunter Marhansen. He was actually debating back in 2005 when he made the infamous whoops video. He was considering blog to do app, blog to do app. Yep. Yeah. I mean, now because you didn't find that funny. That wasn't that wasn't funny to you. All right. Sorry. I tried joking, and there was no jokes there. Sorry. I'm, I'm terrible. Um, you're being serious, and I'm throwing a joke in there. So. I mean, you're trying to line it that, up. It's good. That's that's two for me. Um, that's two, two no jokes. <laughs> I'll just I'll just go ahead and stop. For you the, got one more. He got one more. I'll try one more time. <laughs> I'm just reinforcing oh. the fact that the very first demonstration of Ruby on Rails was a blog or a to do app, and I don't really think David was on the on the fence blog to do app, but I thought that was a good joke. Oh, I thought you were like serious about it. Like he was actually on the fence about it. No, there was, was you read something. I was like, oh, I hadn't seen that. That's okay. That's enlightening. Yeah. I can't believe it. That was so yeah. close. I was like, I, I can see that. All right. All right. I mean, but if you look at like Simperium or like Meteor or any That's, of the Railscast lately, it's like all like to do apps are like the example app. You know. Right. Um, well, because it creates. You know, it's user interaction. It's creating a record. It's it's a state of a record. It's you know, that user interaction back to the record of the, the, should it go away? Should I change the state of the record? So it's a lot of, it's a good example, I think. I mean, it is. It certainly shows that you have a, a good commanding skill set of writing stuff back and forth at a database and dealing with user interaction. I mean, I think you did cheddar well. I well, think right. it was certainly what you tried to make it be where, hey, I can build this and make money at it, but give me money for real and I'll make something for real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, what makes Cheddar good is not anything technical. I mean, anyone can make a to-do list. It's, like, all the other stuff, like, the design and the interactions and the fact that there's apps for everything. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 more of what I was showing, you know, like, the fact that it's a to-do list doesn't matter. I mean, that's, like, a really tiny amount of the code. And the rest is, you know, animations and design and all this other stuff. And, is there anything, considering the... The satur- when we talked about this in the past shows we've had you on, is there anything ab- about because we talked about how to do apps are it's a pretty saturated market. You've got a number of known competitors, a number of known competitors that actually offer their stuff for free, um, some that you know really provide good value and have paid versions of them. Um, is there anything that you know in hindsight when you're looking back at what you had done with Cheddar and what could be possible is there anything you would have done differently with it because you obviously could have made money with it and you did make money with it it just wasn't from what i understand it wasn't a ton not enough obviously to keep you afloat because you wouldn't have wouldn't have made the change you've made but is there anything you would have done differently with cheddar you know looking back on things knowing what you know now i wouldn't have done the api i wouldn't have done the mac app and i possibly would have switched from Backbone on the front end, on the website. Because, like, doing the API took a ton of time. And I'm really happy with my, like, I'm really proud of the documentation and, and all of that. Like, and there's a couple people who made apps for it, and there's, like, an Alfred extension. But, you know, all of that, like, developer support, there, there's, there's a lot of stuff. And then if I ever want to add something quickly, it's impossible because I have to add, like, really nice API support for it, not just, like, something thrown together. I mean, which is, has its pros and cons. But, and then the Mac app as well, it's like, I'm not good at Mac development. And, like, I hired 
like a 17 year old to help me with it. And he did a really great job, but it was just like, you know, he's back in high school now and it's like, it's not around to help out. Yeah. It was just like this big distraction and it's still like, it's in review of the app store right now, actually, but it's just like not even close to my standard of, of quality. I don't know if I'll actually release it. If it gets so approved. is that from a coding standpoint or from a how it actually works standpoint? I mean, interactions, I guess, just making custom controls and custom interactions and really f- nice animations and stuff on the Mac is just like really challenging compared to iOS. Right. Like if you want to make a custom text field and password text field, it's like two lines of code. But if you want to do it on a Mac, it's like hundreds twice because like password to do it all completely separate. It's like, it's really terrible. So, anyway, it's. I wish I wouldn't have done it because it was a big distraction. And that or I had just done a web view in a Mac app for now and then maybe made a better one later. But, I mean, like, personally, I don't use the Mac app at all because it's terrible. It's just like the web app works so much better. Yeah. Well, um, your web views were really good. I, I, I'd never really understood why you're trying to focus on the Mac app when it made more sense to focus on product and focus on mono you know anything that made money growth you yep. know that i should have absolutely worked on the team's product and not the mac app or the api and moved quickly on those fronts to like drive revenue sooner first because like before my strategy was like i want to make it the best possible experience on every platform and if i'm trying to make the best possible experience a native mac app is better than a web view i mean that's that, i think that's kind of a hands-down argument but I didn't realize how long that would take is, I guess, is my, my problem. Because if I had done all this in like a week, I had like a, great, a really great Mac app and a really great iOS app for iPhone and iPad and an API and a website that works everywhere and an Android app that's just a wrap around the web view. You know, now I had this like really great product and now if I can add teams on top of that, they kind of have no reason not to because it's like, oh, it doesn't support my thing or there's not a native app. You know, it's like, well, there is. Like there's everything. There's no excuse to not try it, it was, was my thinking at the time. So it was definitely flawed. I should have stayed focused and not spread myself too thin because I did all of it. Like, you know, it's a lot for one person. Let's, let's camp out on staying that, that exact phrase you just said, staying focused, because I've had the, the chance to be on a couple podcasts. You said you were on the East Wing recently or not long ago. I think maybe even before you were – after you were on – was it – I think it was after part one but before part two. I think so too. And I've um, I love Tim Smith. I love his show. Uh, I actually had a chance to go on there and talk about things I do. You know, I, I couldn't believe it, but he wanted to have me on that show as well. So on there, he asked me, and I get asked by a number of people because I've done this show for a while, and I've talked to some pretty cool people like you and others about your pasts and get a chance to kind of glean into the rights and the wrongs and the you know your path and your bumps and your bruises and get a chance to learn from you know the things you've done right and the things you've done wrong. And the main question people want to know, I think, cause everybody wants the TLDR, right? They want to know yeah, yeah. what's, what's everything that you've learned from the show, Adam, without me having to listen to 35 plus shows or whatever it is. And the thing that always rings to my mind is staying focused. So many people on the show have said, I wish I'd have just stayed focused. So what does that mean? Like when you say that about this, Stay focused. What would have been stayed focused? Not so much the the exact details. Sure, if you want to go into those, fine. But what does staying focused mean as it as it meant to success for Cheddar? I mean, what made Cheddar great was 
the real-time syncing and the design and that the iPhone app and the web app work really well together. And that's what made it great. And then I tried to do all this other stuff and I should have just focused on the core product and made, you know, there's a lot of things you can't do that are really annoying. Like you can't move a task between lists on the web. And like, there's a bunch of just like silly things. You, you can't delete tasks. You can't see tasks you've deleted or you're archived. It's like, there's just a bunch of stuff I really need to like core features that should be done that aren't because I like spent all this time on other stuff. And you know, if I had just focused on the product and made the core product better and then expanded to teams, like was the original plan, you know, I might've not had to stop doing it. So, but I mean, whatever, it was a good experience and a, a very hard lesson in like how valuable it is to stay focused. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I mean, I'm, I'm sad for you to have to learn that lesson. I think ultimately in the, I mean, you're young. I mean, let's, let's not, you know, if you're listening to this and you're bummed out because Sam's got this bad life, don't. Sam doesn't have a bad life. <laughs> I don't. There's, it's great. Sky's the limit. You got, you know, full life ahead of you. Cheddar's not the end of you. I mean, it doesn't define you. It's not who you are. It's a good, good lesson. I think one day in your life, you're honestly going to reflect back on maybe this moment in particular, but moments in and around what you've done. I mean, you had some major courage to do what you did. I mean, not everybody would take sixty thousand dollars they have in the bank account and and not not for lack of better terms, burn it. Yeah. You know, like you have. And doesn't mean it's gone forever. Sometimes, you know, like you hadn't gone to school to learn what you you know. <laughs> there you it go. Doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean that you didn't spend the money that it takes to learn what you know. Indeed. You know That's what I mean? pretty funny. That's funny. I like that. So I think in some way, shape, or form, whether it's the School of Hard Knocks, which is why it's called that, or it's actual university, either way, somehow, some way, we all pay our dues. And yeah, it can I, be monetary. It could be you know, through blood, sweat, and tears. It could be bloody knuckles, punches in the face, whatever you want to call it. I think this could have been your time, and it's good. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a bit more about learning because there's yet one more sucker punch here. Um, you pursued a co-founder, and that that co-founder was a good friend of yours. Can you can you open that up for me? Sure. Well, so I was getting low on money. Talked to a bunch of investors and like pitched them. Like, ah, you know, I want you to make productivity. I was like, no, 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 I want to do other things. Like, well, I don't know. And like, well, I have a po- possible co-founder that's also like Rails, iOS, like really great engineer. They're like, oh, well, talk to me when he's in, and like that's interesting. They're like, okay, now I'm interested, and that happened like with at least four different people I talked to that were like friends and like had a lot of money and would definitely invest if I like had the good, a right pitch for him. So I was like, okay, well, you know, great. And I'd like kind of had a friend that was like, I've been talking to like since I started, like, Hey, you should like, you should do this with me. And, um, so it was my, it's my friend, Kevin Smith. Um, it's KVN SMTH on, on Twitter. Super awesome guy. Um, hired him at a hipstamatic um, a year ago, last December, and um, one of my closest friends. Um, anyway, so I was like, he had just left Hipstamatic um, a couple months later. This is, um, gosh, summer. I don't remember which month. June? Um, I, I think so. Let me Maybe July, June or July. I don't remember exactly. Um, something like that. 
Yes. Like, no, early August. <laughs> late, right. no, late July, early August, something like that. Um, early August. Oh, hilarious. Like, I'm looking at my calendar. Founders talk, and then that next, that same day, dinner with Kevin. So. No way. Wow. Amazing. Yes. I think I even mentioned it on the part two. Like, I had a potential co-founder, and I was excited about it. Maybe I, I did didn't recall, mention it. Yeah, I recall you mentioned something about a potential co-founder. And, I mean, obviously, I mean, and those who are listening to Sam talk about this, you're probably wondering, what's the significance here? And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of, I guess, good documentation, blog posts, people talking in the startup world, uh, especially in the tech startup scene, where having a co-founder significantly increases your chance of getting funded. So, obviously... Sam, you were bootstrapping to get funding, so to that's part of your story here. So please continue. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't like the goal originally wasn't to get funding because I thought I would be profitable. And then I realized I couldn't be. And then if I could get funding and not a ton, I was only looking for like two to five hundred thousand, which sounds like a lot of money, but if you think like an average a low salary in San Francisco is a hundred, like you know, that, that won't last very long for two people. Um, especially with other expenses. So I'd asked him way before, and he's, like, just found out he was having a kid, and I was like, you know, like, I, I just can't. I need a stable thing right now. I was like, no, I understand. And then I was like, well, what if we get money? Like, the two of us, we could definitely get money. Like, I still believe that, like, wholeheartedly. Like, if, if he had joined, we could absolutely go get, you know, the money we needed. And he was, like, thinking about it, and I was like, okay, like, because he's, like, the opposite of me. He has to think about decisions a lot. Which is a great balance, like, because I'm very impulsive. Um, so, and we worked together at Hipsomatic. It was, it was like, perfect. So, he's like, okay, well, like, we'll have dinner, like, in a couple, it was, like, a Friday or something. Like, we'll have dinner on Monday, or lunch on Monday or something. I was like, okay, great. And he turned me down. And I'd even, like, overnighted business cards with his name on it, because I was, like, so, like, confident and, like, going to sh- surprise him at lunch. And then he said no, and I was like, oh, man, like... I'm completely screwed. Like, I'm really sad I can't work with my friend because I was getting lonely of working alone in my apartment anyway. But, and like, we, we could have made some great stuff. Like, there was a bunch of great things that could have happened. But, but on the other end, it was like, now I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, financially, I'm completely screwed right now. Because, like, that was my ticket out was to get money. And now I have nothing. I have to either go get contract work or get a job. I was like, because Cheddar, it, it's too late. Like, I can't make Cheddar this profitable in the time I have, like I, I'd run out of money. So it was, I just, I was really depressed for a week at least. I just sat in my apartment and didn't do anything for, for days. It was terrible. But hilariously enough, right after Kevin had said no at lunch, we walked through South Park in San Francisco to like get coffee or something, or I don't remember. Um, and I ran into Aaron Gottwalt, who is now the CEO of Seesaw, and we talked for like not even a minute. And it's like, yeah, we'll get lunch sometime, whatever. And gave him my card. And I had lunch with him the Monday after Kevin had said no. So I just like sat alone in my apartment for a week, didn't do anything. Um, got up the next day, ate lunch at like ten thirty, like on that Monday. And because I was like so bored and like depressed and I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, I have lunch with Aaron today. Like I had typed the text message to cancel, like, you know, forget it. I don't want to go like this is stupid. 
I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll go. I haven't left the house in a, a bit. So, a bit. Went to lunch. Yeah, it was. It was. I go to the corner store and get a frozen burrito and a Dr Pepper and go back to my apartment. The guy was like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" I was like, "Hey, yeah, I'm here again. Shut up." So, <laughs> shut up. Just give me the burrito. I gained. <laughs> so while I was doing nothing magical, this is sad. I gained like sixty pounds. Ridiculous. Or maybe like forty. It was a lot. I don't remember how much it was exactly before, but in being in San Francisco, it was not healthy because I just sit alone in my apartment and work and like get a frozen burrito and a Dr Pepper because it was like really motivating and a Red Bull occasionally. Um, yeah, super terrible. So, oh man, I'm like I just got a gym membership this week now that I've like it moved and like I finally got my bike repaired. I was in Iraq. It was terrible. It was broken for a bit. Anyway, so now I'm like excited to like, you know, get healthy. But and I, anyway. I hate to say it like this, Sam. It doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like the last six to eight months of your life have been very healthy for you. Oh no, not at all. I mean, like I ate terribly and didn't exercise because I had no commute. I'm just like, yeah, it was it was not good, like health wise. Right. But I now have insurance. I didn't have insurance at all during Nothing Magical, but. As of December 1st, I have insurance, which is great. So, You get sick often? No, I actually haven't been to the doctor since high school, which is probably a problem. So I'm going to go to the doctor and yeah, get, you a get a checkup. I haven't been to the dentist in a long time. You know, it's just like stuff you do when you have a real job that I just haven't done. So. Like, yeah, like take – yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that um, – this wasn't exactly a, a topic I wanted to veer off on, but there's a lot of people that, that uh, look at – I guess maybe people like you and I that will take risks like that, like start your own company and go a couple of years without having insurance or, you know, not have a 401k or the, the, the security and sometimes false security of a full-time job and think we're crazy, you know, because I mean, there's there's pros and cons on both sides of the fence. Honestly, it's not like one is much better than the other. But you know, maybe you're like me, and I, I imagine you are. Where I can't be happy unless I unless I take at least some of that risk and figure it out. Because if not, I'm always going to be sitting there with some level of regret. Mm. Like, could I've done it? What if I did do it? Yeah, you know, I was thinking, you were saying, like, about, like, all the risk and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, like, I didn't really, like, worry about it. But, no, I think you're right. If I had had, so we talked last time, you know, like, I turned down GitHub, which was really hard. You know, I think if I had worked at GitHub this time, because that was, like, right before Cheddar launched. I wasn't even, like, it was, like, a couple weeks before it launched. So it hadn't even, wasn't even done yet. And that was, like, part of the way, like, they were really interested in me because, like, they saw it and were really impressed, like the beta and like other through other friends. But it's like if I had been working at GitHub this whole time, you know, I'd I would definitely like what if Cheddar had done really great and I was living off of it, you know. So I mean now I know that, you know, I still suck at running a company, but <laughs> I I learned that again. Because I've like before I've lived on my own to like sell my own software. And ran out of money and got a real job. So this has happened before. <laughs> but um, anyway, I guess it's good to learn again. I, I have things to do better next time. Well, if you keep doing this, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing, <laughs> expecting a, a different result. 
Indeed. Just so you know. Well, I'm so, not calling you insane. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying right there. No, that's good. Like, before, I've done contract work full-time twice, three times now. And every time I completely hate it. And I always, like, always tell one of my friends, like, if I ever decide I'm going to do contract again, like, tell me I'm stupid. I'm not going to listen to you, but tell me I'm stupid. Just so later I'll know extra that I'm being stupid. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm not going to do contract work. When I ran out of money, I was like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to hate it. Like, it'll pay really well, and I just don't care. It'll, I'll hate life. I'd rather get a job than, than do contract work. So, because I, honestly, if I did that, I wouldn't have time for cheddar. Because the way, like, contract work, I don't know. I'm just constantly, like, if I, like, take an hour and watch TV, it's like, well, I just lost a couple hundred dollars. Or, like, you know, however much my rate is at the time. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just hard to enjoy anything because everything's, like, hourly. I don't know. It really, like, yeah. messes with my head. Yeah, I feel you. You know, um, I want to talk about GitHub, but only after I... We talk about this quick thing here. Um, so you know I do um, – I host a different show called The Industry Radio Show from with Jared and Drew over at Which The Industry. Excellent. excellent. Thank you. Um, and we recently had Chuck uh, uh, Longenecker on the show who's, who's famous for Hello Bar and he runs Digital Telepathy, which is a, an awesome agency actually in your, neck, your previous neck of the woods. Um, and one thing we talked about on that show, I'll link to that in the show notes, by the way. So if you're listening to this, um, we talked about following your bliss, your genius, right? He, we talked about that on that show. And you say kind of with this, with this tone, like, I hate contracting work. Well, I think that's because it's not your bliss. And just because you weren't able to do something that was uber successful financially, with nothing magical and maybe even cheddar, if we're going to go you know, down to the product level, I don't think that you were not following your bliss though, right? Because you said – and that's where I think we can kind of play this into to the conversation around GitHub and, and what that's going to lead into. But they saw something in you and a desire to hire you because you were following your bliss. You know, You were creating something. So I think you're definitely a creator and – it depends on how you gauge and measure success, whether or not, you know, from a start perspective, nothing magical and cheddar may in some eyes be a failure. But in some eyes, it may also be a success if you're measuring it based on what you put out and how much you put out, right? Lines per code, LOC, that might be huge success, right? If you were measuring it based on that or happiness level for you with what you were creating, Depends on what you're measuring. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, the three months of me making it and the next month or so after were, like, some of the best times of my life as far as, like, you know, people would ask me, like, oh, yeah, you know, I I'm not Hispanic anymore. Like, oh, like, what are you doing now? Like, yeah, I work for myself. You know, I really like it. Like, oh, yeah, like, you know, whatever. Or they'd even, like, heard your show and, like, you know, like, how are you trying to get help? It's like, no, I completely love what I do. Like, I, I would never do anything else, um, which is funny that I'm doing something else now. But... You know, it, it was a really great experience, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did it. Because, I mean, obviously, GitHub would have paid a lot more than my $0 salary. Right. And I'd be with, like, some of the smartest people in the world. I, I mean, I completely love GitHub, but I know I'm really glad I tried and kind of failed. Um, it was absolutely worth, worth the experience. I'd say we can say you failed, kind of, in, like, <laughs> in like parentheses or something like that, you know? Well, I mean, Cheddar still makes money. Like, I just, 
I don't know. Not, I mean, not a lot, not but I mean, it breaks even more than breaks even. So, I, I mean, there's a terrible bug right now. Um, if you subscribe in iOS, like via in-app purchase, they're not auto renewing subscriptions due to like a really stupid app store restriction. Right. So I have to like expire your account. Like if you buy three months, like expire your account three months and then like, Hey, you need to buy another like three month credit or you can just like pay with Stripe and it'll auto renew, you know? But right now it doesn't check. So everyone that's paid in iOS, I'm like, probably shouldn't be saying this, but anyway, everyone that's paid in iOS, like has it free for life until I fix this. Wow. So like I'm losing out on a bunch of money, but I just haven't had time to like work on it. And also like, I need to like, Hey everyone, like this is what happened. Like I'll give you two more free weeks and then you have to pay. Like I don't, I need to like just kind of explain it and like be nice about it instead of just like turn everyone's account off and like now you have to pay me. Um, so I don't know. It's just like things like that or I don't know. I could do teams in like a week if I were to like just sit down and do it. I just need to like, you know, make time and, and do it. So I don't know. It's really pathetic that I can't even make, make time to like charge for my product, but whatever. Here we are. <laughs> Well, we won't hold that against you. Um, so let's let's talk about um, GitHub, and we got a couple other topics we'll talk about as well. But we talked, I believe, we talked about GitHub in part one. If I'm not wrong, it definitely, if not, definitely in part two. I know we talked about it on this show before. So for those who are, um, you know, listening for the third time with Sam's story, um, you you know that Sam was offered a job at GitHub, and he took it and then took it right back. And, <laughs> and there was like a two week period where you were hired at GitHub and, you know, they were even preparing you for, for you to come and, and, and be a, not come there, but be, be a part of the team. Cause everyone yeah. there is pretty much, um, distributed. Uh, they do have an office, but you don't have to work at the office is what I'm trying to say, but you yeah. turn them down. I, you know, I, I, the biggest question I think I have here is, is, Really, because you've been honest with everything else. I really want to know how, if you're really bummed out for for saying no, and if you really have some extreme regret about not going there. Because like you had said, decent salary, some of the most smartest and brightest people in in our programming industry today work there from all walks of life. App, you know, everything from .NET to, to Ruby on Rails to Git. I mean... All the really, really smart people work at GitHub. Yeah. Not all of them. I'm sorry. Let me say that. Not all of them. <laughs> a lot of them because I don't work there and I'm smart. So <laughs> That's right. Hilarious. Um, there's definitely some regret. I mean, it's, it's the, the biggest offer salary-wise I've ever gotten. But money doesn't really motivate me. But on the other hand, like having a lot of it isn't a bad problem. Um I mean, the thing I regret the most, I think, is not having a chance to work with their team. And being with them, because, like, I would have been, like, 80-something or 90-something. Right now, they're, like, gosh, like, 140 or something. They've been, like, going that crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a really, like, pivotal time for them. Um, and I think it's really cool to, like, be there and experience that, even if I wasn't, like, going to stick around. But, you know, they're, like, we don't want you to be here just for a couple months. Like, we want you to be here... For a long time, I was like, "No, I know." And then, when I was quitting, when I emailed Chris, the CEO, it was only a couple of days, by the way. It wasn't like oh, I thought it was a know. couple of weeks. Sorry, no, it was, it was a couple of days. I, it might have been like two or something. Um, maybe it was a week. I don't remember. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> it 
Anyway, um, I think it was definitely in part one, if that matters at all. But Yeah, go back to part one and listen. I'm pretty sure it was part one. Um, yeah, because that was before Cheddar came out, and then part two was all like after Cheddar came out. So it, the part two secret was the Wonderless thing. Right, right. Um, anyway, so yeah, I was like, you know what? Like, I would love to work at GitHub. I have immense respect for you. Your offer is like really generous. Um, and it was like, you know what? I think I'd be really mad at myself if I didn't never give Cheddar a chance. And I'd, I'd probably just quit in a couple months and, and go try it. Because I've always wanted to do my own thing. And now I finally get to do it. And I feel like I'm quitting before I even start. So that's when I wrote that blog post, Staying Strong. Um, it's like, you know what? I really need to just focus and do my own thing right now. instead Because like, it's like, well, you can still work on it if you work here. And it's like, I know, but it wouldn't be the same. So... I don't know. I'm really glad that I turned them down and had the experience. But on the other hand, when I was running out of money, I was like, well, that would have been nice. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I The predicament I'm in, being like I ran out of money, I was like, you know, this is a good experience too, and I'm excited to learn from it. So I don't know. I guess the definitive answer would be I don't wish I worked at GitHub today. Not that I, I'd love to work at GitHub, and they're they're amazing, but Today, I don't want to work at GitHub. And I can say that consistently since I turned it down. So, well, there you go. Um, so there it is. Well, it's, it's important to, you know, I think uh, you're quick to make decisions, but it's also important to make decisions and, and be firm and um, believe in the decision you made. Because if you always second guess yourself, you know, you're always sitting on quicksand, right? And it's just not a good thing for your brain Yep. to be doing things like that. So, I guess we kind of come to the point where we're we're talking about, I guess, roundabout. The, the overarching theme we've been kind of talking about is uh, a bit of failure, uh, a bit of learning, and ultimately now leaving indie development. Because you've, you've like, I, we started the show by saying you've got a lot of fans, and a lot of the fans really are rooting for you because they really, I think a lot of people really appreciate indie developers, and you've been like this this indie developer for a while and they wanted to see you succeed, but you're, you're leaving indie development and you're taking on a full-time. Yes. You heard it right. Full-time job. <laughs> yeah. It was really sad. Like I didn't announce it until November, but I really started in August. Um, so I was just like ashamed to like even say that I have a job and also kind of afraid that people would freak out that I'm not working on cheddar full time. But I mean, I, they probably figured it out since I like kind of quit saying anything. Um, but David Smith, um, he's underscore David Smith on Twitter was like really encouraging me to do indie development. And I was like, what have offered from GitHub? And he's like, oh, well, you know, okay. He was like, I could tell he's pretty disappointed. And like thinking back to that conversation a couple of days later is when I was like, you know what? I am going to do my own thing. That was like one of the things that put me over the edge and thinking when I was like, accepting the CISO offer, like, before I was, like, signing the paper, I was like, you know what? Oh, David's going to be disappointed. <laughs> and not that <laughs> I'm even, like, super close friends with David, but um, I was just like, you know, everyone in general, I was feeling like I'm letting them down for, like, failing with nothing magical. But whatever. I have 100 T-shirts in my closet, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, um, you, you've said the name Seesaw, but let's give a proper introduction of exactly, I guess, for lack of better terms. Or Do you even know what it is? I, I know what it is. You don't. Okay, uh, so you know we don't. 
But you can't so, tell us the details because it's not allowed. I, I'm unfortunately I can't say more currently. Um, we have a high queue on our homepage. It's like make decisions fast with the help of trusted friends. When in doubt, seesaw. So that is. Oh, I think we have an about page. There's a little bit of stuff. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really say anything. Like, you still won't know what it is. But anyway, I'm working on it. I am employee number one. Um, we're an app to help people make decisions. I guess that's all I can really say. But um, it'll hopefully be out. Uh, I mean, early next year. I can't really. I can't really say. But um, I feel like it feels so cool to have secrets. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I kind of remember like turning down Apple at one point just to like. I can't tell you what I work on, but I would have worked on new maps, so it would have been great to like. I'm glad I turned that job down because people would hate me. Huh. Anyway, um, you wouldn't have a job. I'd fire you. I'd be fired. Tim Cook would just done. Um, anyway, so I don't know. Have you heard of CoTweet or are familiar with that? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. So, so I guess if you don't know, for the for the audience, um, CoTweet was this product around Twitter to help like enterprise companies share a Twitter account. So like at Coke or like Ford or Starbucks or whatever, you know, like all these brands have like a bunch of like tweeters and they can sit there and it'll like, they can all like share the account and Twitter really loved them. And, um, they were really successful and they sold a couple years ago, two years ago, I think year and a half, whatever yeah. they sold and, you know, did really well. So, um, now they're starting again, it's the three founders of, of CoTweet. Um, and, I'd met them through Kevin, the, the, the co-founder that turned me down, and was really excited like from them telling me about the product and you know the fact that they've been successful in the past, and we we raised our funding really quickly. I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but surprisingly fast. So I was like, wow, these guys really know like what they're doing, um, and I was just really excited to like work with people again and, you know, to get out of my apartment and go to the office, which is funny because now I don't work at an office anymore. But, um, yeah, it was, it's just really exciting to be, you know, with a team making something again versus just by myself making every decision. So, so when you say working with a team, um, uh, what's, what's a typical day like? Sure. Well, I guess I'll currently we have, Five people, including myself. So there's the designer co-founder, the engineering co-founder, which is also the CEO, which I think is pretty cool, and our like business guy. And normally I'm not a big fan of business guys, but he's really awesome and super valuable. So um, that's good. Anyway, then myself, so I'm employee number one, and my title is VP of engineering, which sounds super cool um, and impresses the crap out of people in Louisville. But it's a four-person, five-person company, so it's like, you know, it's, it's it's not really. I mean, it's it's a pretty relative term. I'm like I'm the president of my own little apartment. You know, it's like it's silly. Anyway, and then <laughs> um, we have one um, other Rails engineer. So, um, which is really cool. I like signed the papers to hire him. I've never done that before. Um, so I like actually hired. I mean, I hired a ton of people at, at Hebstamonic and other other places, but not like you know I recruited them, but didn't like get to sign the paper. But it was cool. I was like yeah, I'm hiring you right now. Like, it's fun. Um, so, anyway, um, we work with Campfire a bunch. 
So usually it's just like get on, open campfire, and see what's going on. And we have like a rough like bullet list and base camp of like here's what we need to do, and I'll kind of just like go through and like okay, well I'm gonna work on these things, and then I put those things in my cheddar list, which is wow silly silly <laughs> of me. I actually re- just recently like two weeks or so started using cheddar. I hadn't used it for since Kevin said no, pretty much. I I was just like, oh, it was that was a terrible couple weeks before I started seesaw, and then when I started seesaw, I was like. Well, I'm working on this all the time. I don't really have time to like even open or look at cheddar. So, um, anyway, but I've been working with cheddar, which is nice. And um, I'll just kind of go through and work on. I work on an iOS product as well as the web. So I guess we have an iOS app. That's new information. I don't Uh-oh. know if I'm allowed to say that, but whatever. I mean, surely you can you can figure that out. As I am primarily guess. iOS engineer and work there. Yeah. But whatever. So I kind of go back and forth with the designer. On he's at Kyle, isn't that epic? Like that's such a great Twitter name, yeah. at Kyle. Anyway, um, he's our designer. Uh, we'll work on iOS or mobile web or you know other stuff. Um, oh, and I'll kind of hop back and forth between Rails, but not a ton. I'm trying to stay focused on iOS right now. Um, I hired to be like you know lead all the engineering, but at this point, since our CEO and um, our other engineering hire can do Rails. It's like they stay pretty focused on that, and I stay pretty focused on iOS um, for now, which is nice. So, um, yeah, I mean, I usually just like talking camper all day and get stuff done, and you know, we send out builds through test flight, like you know, almost daily um, or multiple times a day, depends. So, so that means um, that uh, if you're on test flight, that means you're probably at least having a a beta audience. Is that just yourselves or? Currently, it's just the company and our investors and, like, um, like wives and stuff. It's not very big. We have a big list of beta people we're going we're gonna to launch with, or, like, launch to soonish, um, which is full, so no need to, no ask, sorry. Right. Um, I mean, you can, you can, I mean, obviously, like, Adam Sokovia can have it, but, um, yeah, anyway. We only get 100 slots from Apple, so, <laughs> sorry, just the messenger, don't, you can't hit us, but, um, yeah. I wouldn't, anyway, I wouldn't mind trying it out. Yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll, uh, I'll hook you up. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm in San Francisco a week, a month. Um, next week is my week in San Francisco uh, for December, and and it's good to kind of be back and see, you know, well, I mean, this is the first time I've been back since moving, but I'm, I'm excited to like get back and see friends and eat at my favorite restaurants and you know just be in San Francisco, go to events and. Um, it'll be good. So I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I had the opportunity to like travel a lot, or I mean, a decent amount, I guess. But on the other hand, I'll definitely miss what's going on in, in Louisville as well. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good setup. I'm really happy with it. All right, so we're at a point where we can probably talk about, I guess, something a bit more current. And if you've listened to episode or part one of of Sam's conversation with me here on Founders Talk. Uh, we talked about something a bit more personal for you, Sam, where, where you know, we talked something personal here where you were turned down, but this was a co-founder, but in part one, you were turned down as well, and it was something a bit more personal than, than a co-founder. It was an actual, you know, potential marriage. But, yep. But now you're engaged, and it's a, it's a funny story. It is. It's pretty funny. When, I was, when we were, like, shopping for the ring... Like, so have you been engaged before? And it was kind of like, a, he was joking. He was like, uh, yep. <laughs> it's like, oh. And it was like really awkward for a minute. It was kind of fun. But, um, <laughs> oh. So, 
so yeah, um, I was recently in Louisville, gosh, um, October, I think. Um, yes, October. Um, so maybe September, I don't know, whatever. No, it was definitely September, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, recently. So helping my mom, um, she was moving back temporarily from Louisiana. I grew up in, in Louisville. So, um, anyway, and happened to like run into Ellen at Starbucks. Ellen's my now fiance. Um, and we like talked for a bit and then I went home and didn't really like think about it. And then we were talking again, um, like a little while later and we had sort of dated right after I wasn't engaged when I was like 19 or something. Um, so and it was silly because I was in Oklahoma and she was in Louisville and it was like, well, we're never, like I visited like once, but, or twice, but it's like, well, this is never going to work. So none of us had plans to move. And like she was in school and I still had my first like real job. So this time around we're like, well, like, you know, this is really cool. And you know, I'd be willing to move to Louisville just to like, see if this is something worth doing and, um, whatever. So we talked a lot and she like came to visit and, Whatever, and then I was in Louisville to visit. I was only going to be there for a week, and you know we, we were talking about it a lot, and we kind of talked about it, you know, even before like one of our like very first conversations. And it's like, you know what, like, like we should get married. And we're like, yes, absolutely. Like we both felt like completely the same way, like from the very beginning, like this time around. And so two weeks after, really like starting to even like talk to each other again for the first time, and you know, a while besides just like at holidays and stuff. Um, you know, we got engaged. So pretty crazy. Um, my best friend from high school, his now wife's little sister is, is Ellen. So I'd like hang out with them with my friend at their house occasionally. And like, that's how we met. Um, so I don't know, pretty, pretty crazy. It's always funny, like, how long have you been dating? It's like, oh, like two weeks. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, people like instantly judge me, but, but it's like, whatever, I don't care. Um, so, well, that's good. I mean, let me be if if I'm, I don't think I'm the first one, but I'll be one of the first of many to say congratulations. That's a beautiful thing, man. Thank you so much. I I honestly like couldn't be happier. It's it's spectacular. So, so, I think the. I think it's awesome that you're back in this place and you're heading back to what I think could be uh, a happier and more healthier lifestyle. Like I can personally tell you having a good woman in your life makes all the difference because when you're a lonely bachelor and all you do is work on cheddar or whatever your cheddar might be for you, um, you can, like you said, gain 40 pounds, go and eat a frozen burrito and a, and a Dr. Pepper, and that's okay, right? We make that okay. Uh, but but women, they're like, that's not okay. <laughs> that is not okay. I, I'm like, I haven't eaten dinner tonight, and I'm like, I'm a frozen burrito and a Dr. Pepper sounds like pretty spectacular right now. But we're actually like like cooking dinner together after, after the call, so it's like, you know, it's definitely a, a, a big contrast, but it's it's great. So Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So let's talk about the, I guess this, 
not so much the moving piece of it, but you you went through this phase where you sold everything and then you went and you rebought it all. And you talked about how that was kind of refreshing in some capacity because it's like getting to do it all new again. But it, I'm not sure if I agree because I don't know if I would want to have all the stuff I have now, which I'm not really that fond, fond of my stuff. There's a few things that I'm really like I hang, I hang on to, which is a huge downer for me. But ultimately, like I'm not really attached to my stuff that, that deeply. But I wouldn't want to go and sell it all and then go and rebuy it all again. <laughs> well, financially, it's pretty stupid. But um, I had a really big deposit for my really expensive apartment in San Francisco. So when I moved to my cheaper apartment, I like got a big check back. And I was like, okay. Um, and like my my first day, I biked to where we were working. At the time, we were working in the Mission in San Francisco, which is like 15, 20-minute bike ride from my house. Closer to 15, I guess. And it's like San Francisco's hilly. But, I mean, it's not super hilly, that route, but, you know, whatever. Biked to the office, whatever. Biked home for the first time. It was like, got to my apartment, and I was like, well, all I have is my desk and my bed. I need a couch. I, like, immediately understood why I had a couch before. Because, like, I had a job when I had a couch before. Like, come home, like, sit on the couch. And now it's like, well, I just biked home and I'm tired and I don't want to sleep and I don't want to work. Like, I need something else. Yeah. So, it's like, okay. And, like, instantly right then I was like, I'm getting stuff. <laughs> so, I was like, okay. I'm going to go get a TV and I'm going to go, like, get stuff again. So, um, kind of funny. So, uh, what were the first five items of stuff that you went and got? A I couch was a number couch. one, yeah. Yep. It's a, actually, I have a Pinterest board. I don't really use Pinterest that much, but I use it as like a wish list and then like cataloging things I have. It's kind of weird. I'm sure it's like, please come rob me, but whatever. Um, I bought a couch and a TV. My TV stand for my last apartment, well, I was actually using it as like an end table before or something, but... It was like one of the things I couldn't sell, so I just kept it. So I already had a TV stand, which was nice. Um, when I bought my TV, I got an Xbox at the same time, which was probably one of my worst purchases the second time around because I haven't really played it at all. I don't really have time, but whatever. Um, I think that's it, like big things-wise. I mean, I still don't have a lot of stuff. I just pretty much have a couch and a TV and... And that's oh, I bought a bed too. Which this is the dumbest thing I did. I sold my bed right before I moved, like weeks before I moved to my new apartment in San Francisco, which I was only in that apartment like a couple months before I moved here. Which, by the way, if you need an apartment in San Francisco, I know a place, <laughs> and it would help me out a lot. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I sold my bed right before I moved, and then got into the new place, and I was like, well, because I kept my mattress, I just sold the bed, and which was great because the, the last of it. It was, like, really minimal. Like, mattress on the floor and my desk was, like, all I had. Um, which was awesome when I was, like, in that mindset. Um, that's when I was, like, really freaking out when Kevin said no and, like, sold my bed. So I was, like, I need more money. Like, made 200 bucks on my bed or something. It was terrible. So then, like, I ended up buying the same, like, literally the same model of bed. Like, virtually identical. I mean, it, it's, it's not the exact same one, but it's the same bed, you know. So I was like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> there goes a couple hundred dollars. Um, but, yeah. Like, I guess that's it. I don't know. But then I kind of went nuts. And then I bought a Sonos system. I forgot about this. Which, by the way, Sonos is awesome. And I'm completely in love with it. 
but I had like a speaker in my bedroom and in my kitchen. And then I even mounted one in my bathroom so I could listen to the music in my shower. Yeah. Um, and like one plays on my like home theater speakers. So like everywhere in my apartment was like, had like the same music playing. It was like all in sync. And it was like, you know, I went a little overboard cause I was like, I got my first paycheck and I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then I got my second paycheck and I was like, whoa, more money got in my account. This is crazy. And it's like, it keeps coming. I can, I can, I was like, the first one was like, how did I get all this money? I was like, there's gotta be a mistake somewhere. Cause I'd like, I was used to just seeing my balance. And it was like slowly going down, you know? And then I like, you know, it went up once. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. So then I went a little, a little overboard. Like Sonos is probably the most excessive thing I have, but. I was wondering um, what uh, what it was because I I went and checked out your Pinterest board and this is kind of a neat usage of it. But my first thought is, do you own all the things in this list? Um, percentage wise, sofas, apartments, Pinterest dot com slash sofas slash apartment. Surely you'll you'll link it. Um, yes, all of this is in my apartment. Everything, all this stuff. Yes, yes. Wow, you don't. Which it's, uh, it, I didn't expect all this stuff to be in your apartment, but I was thinking, like, you don't need all this stuff. But I guess well, maybe. I mean, there's not a lot. Actually, the fan got thrown away in the move. But there's a couple things. Most of it's all, like, home theater stuff. And then speakers and, like, kitchen appliances. There's actually not that much if you, like, if you thought about, like, placing it in cabinets and stuff or whatever. You know, it's, like... My apartment's still pretty sparse because before it was sparse. Like, before I sold all my stuff, I still didn't have a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting, and like I, my fiance kind of makes fun of me for this. He's like, "You only have like really nice stuff." It's like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, I, if I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, I need to buy a toaster. I mean, a toaster is kind of a bad example. But we'll say toaster. It's like, I need to buy a toaster. Well, like if I'm gonna spend like twenty bucks on a toaster or like sixty bucks on a toaster, it's like I'm not gonna buy a new toaster anytime soon. Which is probably far from the truth, but you know, it's like, well, I might as well like get the nice toaster because there's no reason to like not enjoy making toast every day. <laughs> um, and actually, I never eat breakfast or make toast, so the toaster is probably a really stupid thing. But like, I don't know. I have a really nice receiver, and I have like really nice speakers, and I really like music, so like that makes me really happy. And you know, I don't know. There some things I don't care, like. The toaster, for example. I don't have a super nice toaster. I just got, like, a, one that looked cool. But, I don't know, for some things, it's like, if I'm going to buy it, I might as well get the best one. And, you know, if I have the means to do it, then, like, that will be great. I don't know. The toaster's funny because I didn't even think that was a toaster. And uh, for those who are listening, I'll share this link in uh, in the show notes so you can certainly follow along with what we're talking about here. But it's it's pretty funny to me because this is total total guy stuff right i I do find it funny that you've actually put hand wash in the list but you i I guess you're just being thorough oh yeah i mean i went through and did like almost everything this is like a pretty pretty accurate representation of all my stuff the the coffee maker and the grinder was a surprise for when ellen came to visit um she likes coffee and i don't like coffee at all but i got a coffee maker can we tally up how much you think roughly this is all retail Oh gosh, I would say twenty five thousand dollars. Oh, you think? I was thinking like five would be a lot. Really? Uh, well, let's see. Like, well, yeah, the Thunderbolt display is one thousand. That oh, speaker true. alone is almost a grand. So you got to have two of those. That's three thousand so far. 
And so the monitors are, yeah, eight hundred for the pair. The cinema, like the nice speakers, are like eight hundred for a pair or a thousand for a pair. And I own a, I own Sonos, so I know that that's not cheap, but it's not expensive <laughs> either. It's like twelve hundred bucks, I think, in Sonos or sixteen hundred bucks. Okay, so I'm gonna change my number to fifteen thousand because you got a, a tube amplifier. Um, it's like a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. Oh really? Okay, I was kidding. expecting more than that. I was expecting like a thousand dollars. It's like yeah, it's like four hundred. The record plays like three hundred. I don't know. I think it could all be under, definitely under ten for sure. Okay, ten. Let's say ten. I'll, I'll give you ten. But that was like my deposit in my last apartment. Like I said, really expensive. So I was like, you know what? I have this like check from my last apartment. I'm just gonna make this apartment great. So yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, I, I can see that. I like uh, I like your style. <laughs> Yeah, uh, coffee grinder and everything. You don't you don't mess around. I, I she doesn't like the red appliances, which is like my coffee grinder and my toaster are matching, and they're both red. Yeah, I'm with her. Um, I think Ellen's smart. I think the red. You don't like the red ones? Nah. Oh, I, I guess if awesome. you're you know if you're living in San Francisco, maybe, but in Louisville, I just can't imagine that that's hot. Well, in my super modern apartment, everything was like all white and then like fake hardwood floors, my and the red toaster modern. looked. It looked awesome. It was really cool in my first like super modern San Francisco apartment. But definitely in the more like traditional Kentucky apartment, it looks it definitely looks silly. I'll I'll agree. But anyway, you know, um, if anybody's bored by this conversation we just had about stuff, for lack of better terms, um, I, I think it's just it's an exercise. And you and you said this best actually in your reverse minimalism post, where it's an exercise of extreme. Minimalism flip flop, you know, where you you kind of go. Um, it's a rewind, you know. When you first started, nothing magical. You you left hipstamatic. You were like, let me get rid of all my stuff because I have a really expensive apartment, and you sold all your stuff. And then, not much long later, you went and pretty much repurchased all the things that you had before. I think it's just kind of funny that yeah, the hand that life has dealt you sometimes because. <laughs> I think it's funny. I just think it's funny. You you sell your you get home one day after riding your bike and you're like, uh, I got a bike, I got a desk, so I need a couch. I, just the way your mind works makes you laugh. So, well, yeah, I mean, like I'm hot and I'm sweaty and I don't want to go to bed and I don't want to sit at my desk because I've been working all day. Like, the logical thing is like, all right, I need a couch. <laughs> like, went and got one the next day. Yeah. So, so let's um let's round off then. Let's let's talk. Let's talk about the future. So we know that um, – does the future have anything to do with Nothing Magical? Anything cheddar? I mean are you done with it? What's going on there? No. So cheddar from Action Review and I'm tempted to just like – Pull it? I mean – so in the App Store, if you like make a name – like you reserve, like make an app with a name and then you have like X number of months to use it. And then they'll send you an email. Like you have 30 days to use this name or we're going to take it away from you and you'll never have it again. So I was like, well, I should submit something (laughs) because I don't want cheddar to like go away in the Mac app store. So I think I'll probably still release it. Maybe I won't. I don't know, but I'll definitely open source it. That was the plan from the beginning to open source it once it came out. Cause right now it's, it's private. Um, and I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably keep doing cheddar. That w- that's kind of in the plan because it, 
I toyed with the idea of just like it's all open source, it's all free, you know, donation where like please pay me so I can pay my Heroku bill. And if it gets to the point where it's costing me a lot of money to pay Heroku, I'm just going to turn it off. And you can host it yourself if you want or do whatever. I don't care. And I, I that was the that was the plan for a little bit. And the more I thought about it, the more it made me sad because I worked so hard on it and I want it to be good. And it can make money. It's just like all of these startups that you know just want to get a bunch of users and all this stuff. It's like just don't be lazy. Like it's not the most difficult thing in the world to monetize a product. Like just take the time and do it. And it's just me being lazy. Like Cheddar can make money and it can it can more than support itself if I just like spent the time on it. So I just need to make the time for it and and do it. So I think Cheddar will be around. I mean, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, if somebody were out there now and somebody was out there at one point in, in time desiring to either buy it or buy you or whatever. So if, if you got an offer to somebody to buy Cheddar, would you sell it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hands down. Um, like it, it's past the point where I enjoy working on it. It's more of like I'm maintaining it because all of my users were so nice to support me. It would, it would be completely selfish of me to just take their money and not give anything back to them. So, um, you know, I definitely plan on supporting cheddar and, you know, making sure it doesn't break. And, you know, I definitely have some features I want to add just because it just doesn't feel done to me. It's like a song I've been writing that I never finished and can't show anyone because it's just not finished. Like that, that's, that's that kind of like feeling. Um, so like part of me just wants to finish it just to like finish it for myself. But on the other hand, if like, you know, someone wants to buy it from me, I would be ecstatic to just like sell it to them for not a lot and, you know, move on down payment on a house or something. Yeah. So, I mean, cause it, like, cause one of offered me money for it. And it's like, well, you know, if you work here, and I was like, well, I don't want to work here. That was kind of like the thing, but they didn't offer nearly as much as they wanted. And I think given the same offer now, granted, I didn't have to work there. I would be a lot more like, yeah, okay. Like, sure. Let's do it. Um, Cause like the whole point of it wasn't to make a great to do app. It was just to like show that I can make something and make a great product. And I feel like I proved that I can make something and I feel like it, it's a, it's a good product for the amount of time I spent on it. I mean, it could be better and the perfectionist in me, you know, it's never finished. I'll work on it for the rest of my life. But realistically I would enjoy it. I would enjoy my time, my side project time spent. I would enjoy my time more spent on other things. Um, so I'd rather be hyperproductive on a different project than, you know, take hours just to like do something silly and chatter because I'm just not motivated. Yeah. So, so I for, I, I can imagine that at least a, a small portion um, of your users listen to this show, at least a couple, at least a small handful. So if, uh, if you had a chance to like speak directly to them in this scenario and, thank them or say anything to them about their support of you, what would you say? I mean, first I need to thank you because a bunch of people found Cheddar from Founders Talk. So, I mean, thanks again for having me. This is, this is great. But to the Cheddar users that either came from Founders Talk or just are listening, whatever. Um, I mean, you made that five months of my life when I did nothing but Cheddar as much as humanly possible. You made that the best time of my life because 
without people using it, it was just like me sitting in a room typing for no reason, you know? <laughs> like the whole, it, it was exciting, like getting up and seeing all my replies on Twitter, like people like really excited about it and, and support emails and people just like, I would get emails just like, hey, I think it's really great what you're doing. Like, keep it up. It's like, yes, this is awesome. I was like so fired up every day to work on it. Um, so thank you for your support. Even if you're not paying, like, you know, thank you just for downloading it and checking it out. So I, I appreciate you very much. And then I guess on to the, the true future and the way we normally close this show is, is uh, the horizon question you know what's what's on the horizon for you sam that that no one knows about uh maybe a few <laughs> uh something super secret that you can tell us about and uh, we obviously know you can't you got like a gag order going on with uh seesaw so we won't bug you about that but anything else um hmm i'm trying to see Excuse me, my post quickly. Yes, okay. Well, I mentioned it. Whatever. I'll be more direct. Um, we're getting married in September, which is very exciting and a little scary. Not scary. I'm like totally like, yes, I'm marrying this girl and it's going to be spectacular. But like planning a wedding is really hard. I don't know if you've, I mean, I know we were talking about it before the show. Like you planned a wedding and it was. Actually, I didn't plan the wedding. My wife planned the wedding. I oh, participated. There you, <laughs> there you go. Well, like, I'm trying to contribute a lot, and it's it's a stressful time. But anyway, after September, and our wedding that will be spectacular, um, we're most likely moving back to San Francisco, which is pretty exciting. Um, that's not 100%, but it's very certain. So um, that's really exciting. I'm excited to be back in San Francisco. Um with my new wife and um, it'll be great. So I'll probably be at Seesaw for a bit. I plan on staying, you know, until we sell or something crazy happens. I don't know. Um, that's like a whole conversation on its own. That, that sentence, that, that's that phrase you just said. <laughs> Which one? I'll only be there for a bit or until we sell. No, I, I mean, I, I plan on being, there until it's done. Oh, so, okay. So I misheard you. I was like, I, so you don't plan to be there for that long or until you sell. No, no. That doesn't sound like you're really excited about your product. No, it's it's great. I plan to be there, you know, a minimum of two years, which is a really long time for me. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, being employee number one and having complete control over all the technology and technical hires and um, – a lot of things is is really great. So I really like it a lot, and I'm excited to be around. And hopefully, you know, before I've had stocks like stock and startup startups, and it's never really, it's never ever been remotely valuable. Um, and I I have a bit in seesaw, and I'm very confident it'll be worth something in the not too distant future. So. That's pretty exciting. No, those are definitely hopeful words from from you for sure. Um, on, on the on that front, um, in terms of you know two years down the road and the in the future and the fact that you're employee number one, um, you're building the team, you're managing the team. I think that um, what's 
If you ask me, at least, I would say that what you thought was possible through nothing magical and cheddar in the fact of somebody else believing in you that you could, I think this is a very big chance for you to prove that because you, um, you know, you're at the center of a previously successful team of people who built Co-Tweet, and we both know that they were able to walk away from that, that deal with a decent amount of money in their pockets and a lot of learning under their belts. So you get to work with some previously successful people, helping them build their team and be a part of their product development. And if you're, if you're able to accomplish that goal, I can imagine the next adventure, if it's not always this adventure for you, could be that much better because I don't think you um, failed at Nothing Magic. I think it, it kind of got you to where you wanted to go. It may not have been the exact outcome you wanted, but I think some of the results are, are probably similar to what you what you desired. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying before, I'm really happy with, with Nothing Magical. And, and it's not going anywhere. I mean, like, I'm keeping the corporation and and cheddar like i was saying so i mean i can definitely see nothing magical going back to nothing magical full time you know after if we we sell or something or or whatever um i mean or maybe it's a different incarnation with with different with other founders or or whatever but um you know my my time as an independent developer or a founder is is definitely not over um, but I mean, I, for now I'm, I'm happy having a stable job to like support my, my future wife and, and being at a small company cause I've never been in a company this small and like there's a lot of new experiences that I'm really, you know, excited to learn. Um, so I don't know. I think it's, it's a good, it's a good next chapter for me. Um, growing up a little, so next chapter. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Sam would be be the first to say I'm excited for you. I wish them blessings upon you to you and your wife and your future. I know that uh, you're a, a wise young fella that uh, has had some chances to do some cool stuff, and I commend you for not backing down. That takes a lot of um, a lot of courage to do to make the choices you make over the you've made over the last you know nine months or ten months and. You know, I think that uh, you've met some extreme challenges and some extreme uncertainty um, going down the road you've, you've gone down. But I think the coolest thing I think that at least I take away from these three conversations we've had diving through your history is that um, you 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 kind of you have no fear. You know, I mean, there's a little fear there, but it doesn't stop you from doing. And that's really awesome, man. I'm really excited to have had a chance to share your story with everyone else and for those who look up to you and those who want to learn from you that they've had a chance to, to hear an uncut edited, unedited version of of the last year of your life, basically. And I guess then some beyond that, but mostly around the last year. Yeah. Any, uh, yeah, yeah. anything you want to close with before we, we say goodbye? Yeah. I mean on that there's, I think we, we talked about it in part one or two. Um, but I had a thing on, you know, how to learn, and it was like, just go do it. And, you know, it, I think anything taken away from all the stuff I've done, you know, I definitely haven't always been qualified for the jobs I've had or, you know, knowing what I was doing. Um, I mean, like in high school, I, I said I would make this YouTube competitor thing for a guy and had nothing, I had no idea about video encoding or even like, you know, 
good web development and uh, just like started doing it and like learned about it, you know? So there's really nothing stopping you from doing anything. Like just, just go do it, you know? Like if you need to learn something, just like learn it along the way while you're doing. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's a very important thing to me. And I think I definitely wouldn't be anywhere near where I am if I just didn't go do things. So go do things. Go do things. Go do things. <laughs> so if you're listening to this show and, and you're on the edge of your seat, you're thinking, man, I should go do some things. Sam says go do some things. Go do it. <laughs> well, Sam, thanks uh, so much for taking the time out of your life to, to share this time with me and to share your story. And, again, I really appreciate how honest you've been you know about about so many things that many people aren't very honest about honestly and that's that's super cool and i I really thank you so much for doing that and for those who are listening to part three of of sam sophis thank you for listening and thanks for all your support of this show myself keep following this show will not end it will likely never end so um keep listening and until then that's it